the state of freedom in 2024. Hi, my name is Dan Aston Gregory, and since 2020, I've been broadcasting as the Pandemic Podcast, asking the questions that most seemed unwilling to ask in order to make sense of this changing world and all the issues that unfolded during the COVID chapter, a time where our civil liberties, our rights and freedoms were curtailed in a way that we have never seen in modern history. We did over a thousand pieces of content, reached over 15 million people as we explored everything from the science, the medical system, the, the healthcare, the politics, the madness, <laughs> as we tried to really navigate what was going on and provide a vehicle for people to, to understand why the common sense practices that have been long tested and true within the medical system, within the healthcare system, within global politics seem to fall apart. Now, as we enter into 2024, Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas period. We must now address the enduring issues that continue to stem from what happened during the COVID chapter. And of course, the COVID chapter, by all intents and purposes, isn't over in the sense that we cannot really move forward until we get a sense of accountability and justice for what went before us. Now, the mainstream media and the press will keep telling you that COVID isn't over yet for very different reasons. They're continuing to try and hype up the, uh, the fear again in order to sensationalize what's going on probably to continue to sell their pharmaceutical products. But that's my own skeptical, cynical view on the matter, given that the cycle is repeated year on year, every single year, you start to see the pattern. I'm sure most of you have seen that happening in the last few years, but it's not the only issue. And we'll talk about the right to bodily autonomy in a moment, because that was one of the key issues that got heavily stamped upon during the COVID chapter. But we're seeing this erosion of our privacy, the data surveillance, the continued expansion of government and corporate data collection through big tech, facial recognition technology. You can't even go to your supermarket and pay for things now without your face appearing on a screen in front of you. So it's having a drastic impact on our personal privacy. And this has been an issue that has radically accelerated. Uh, the erosion of our privacy has radically accelerated both offline and digitally since the COVID chapter. Now, we've, of course, seen the suppression of uh, dissent and censorship, and I was part of a, an amazing four-hour-long um, uh, Twitter space, or X space, as it's now called last night, at the second annual discussion celebrating free speech, but also looking at our challenges and how free speech is being challenged. But we can see, even though there may be freedom of speech on something like X, we don't really have freedom of reach. Myself, for the last 12 months, went from reaching millions of people every single month to, to just handfuls of people every single month now. Even though I can type, I can share posts, they're not being circulated, they're not triggering the algorithm, and I could even pay for the premium features and still get no reach. And I'm, I'm far from alone. Many people have had their accounts restored, but they're unable to reach anyone with their content. Many of the dissenting voices from 2020 who had the hardest hitting messages are still suppressed across most digital platforms. And this is a real issue and it's an expanding issue and it's one that we've got to take really seriously as the founding bedrock of our democracy in order to protect our right to speak freely. Now, there's plenty of people in the world that I vehemently disagree with. However, I protect their right to say what they have to say and really to create the foundation for debate. Because what I really want to see in 2024 is the return of rational, open debate across competing ideas. Now, underpinning all of these challenges is we have competing political ideologies. And the battle of ideas 
has really been very one-sided over the last few years. And as such, those who wield the greatest political and technological clout who have a certain ideology are winning the battle of free speech in the, on the basis that they are censoring the voices that counter their own. Now, that isn't really a victory for free speech. In fact, it's the very opposite. It's a defeat for free speech. If we only protect the ideas that we hold true to ourselves, then we do not live in a free society. So the enduring issue of censorship and suppression of dissent is a continued issue going into 2024. Now, the erosion of bodily autonomy, as I talked about, we saw during the pandemic this, this assault on our ability to choose our, uh, how we will uh, approach and uh, take medical decisions of our own, our own sovereignty around how we approach our medical decisions. We had mandated masks. We had, in some countries, mandated vaccinations and all manner of issues, all manner of impositions non-pharmaceutical interventions, all of these things that we had the removal of choice. So this has created not only a, a real issue during this period of time, but it's created a precedent that is a dangerous precedent that we're now seeing in different countries and around the world, different mandates when it comes to med medical interventions. And it set a slippery slope for us. If we, if we fail to turn the corner, then we're going to continue to face um, potential mandatory impositions on our healthcare decisions moving forward. And we've seen the ramifications of what happens under those circumstances where products and uh, where product manufacturers, pharmaceutical companies are given immunity for their products and not held accountable for their failings, for their fraud and for their misrepresentation of the safety and effectiveness of their products. We're also seeing now uh, a, a further imposition upon our day-to-day -day financial lives. The central bank digital currencies are well and truly on the move. You can go to the central bank digital tracker at cbdctracker.org to see just how far advanced these proposals are in multiple countries around the world. In fact, 90% of the G20 countries are now entering advanced stages of at least piloting these um, products, these propositions. The Bank of England has been commissioned to, to do wider consultation on what the digital pound should look like. So these aren't very far away. Do I think they'll emerge in the United Kingdom in 2024? No, but it's very likely that within the next one to two years, they will be on our horizon in the pilot phase. In fact, I predict a pilot phase by the very latest 2025. So they're on the way and they have a real serious threat when it comes to our, our freedoms, our ability to choose. Uh, now, talking about the pandemic, the pandemic treaty, the WHO, the International Health Regulation Amendments, these are going to get approved in May this year at Geneva, if we're not careful. Now, let's think about this for the moment. The WHO, multiple failings during the course of the pandemic. They completely squashed and suppressed the idea that the virus was um, man-made in, in a lab in Wuhan. All evidence points to that case now. And it surprises me every single day. Lo and behold, here we have this new and emerging evidence continually stacking upon one another that this was a genetically modified uh, man-made creation leaked from a lab, intentionally, unintentionally, who knows? And the public just getting on with their lives, even though we had this mass disruption and you know, huge devastation. And you know, for the people who were impacted um, via the virus themselves and they got sick or lost loved ones, why aren't they outraged that these government agencies, these pharmaceutical companies colluding together to create these viruses and, and not, not turning back and saying, well, hang on a minute, what if this happens again? It, it blows my mind. Now. That's a separate issue in itself, the gain-of-function research that led to these types of things. But what about the pandemic treaty, the international health regulations, the WHO? Now, if we're not careful, all of the madness, or the, I'll call it madness, all of the madness of the last three to four years will be not only normalized, but moralized within these different policy instruments. Because 
irrespective of what the legal documentation says on the treaty or of the uh, international health regulation amendments themselves, there is an ideological capture that is coming through the WHO, through the international governance, and this is a real threat to our freedoms. And for me personally, the WHO has seriously um, conducted itself fraudulently with malpractice, and it's due time that that organization was subject to much wider scrutiny. And it's certainly putting the cart before the horse. If you're going to put together a pandemic treaty or a set of international health amendments, then first you're going to review and understand what went wrong. What did the, WH, you know, the WHO's role during this entire period? How did they screw, screw up so badly? Uh, and you know, there are so many issues there, notwithstanding the corruption that is unfolding within that organization for the last decade and the undemocratic processes, you know, the list could go on. Uh, but we must look at this, the biosecurity metrics that are coming forward, the rise of digital authoritarianism, the, the impact of big tech. There's a huge amount of issues, digital IDs. There's a whole range of issues on the horizon. So it's not time to rest on our laurels. For those of you who woke up during the last three years, I don't like using that term, but those of you who started to see the threats upon our freedom, whether it's the threat to our actual physical civil liberties, where you're legally being required to keep away from one another, or whether you're unable to speak freely digitally, or whether your the, the cultural conditions mean, mean that you have to withhold your freedom of speech, whether you're looking at these digital technologies that could further impose upon our freedoms, whether you look at this increasingly technocratic control structure that's emerging through these uh, centralized, uh, unelected organizations, then it's time to, to continue to be alert to what's happening and recognize that, well, actually, I come into 2024 with great hope and optimism. I do think there's great opportunities now. This movement is growing. Uh, the, the things we need to watch out for is making sure we don't self-destruct because we all have different viewpoints on different world issues. You know, the, 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 the situation in uh, Gaza has already fragmented people and people are becoming more and more radicalized in a way in, 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 in certain ideas. We have to avoid becoming ideological ourselves in order to to avoid becoming puritanical. You know, I see people argue on Twitter over what is essentially minor details or semantics often. You know, even the definition of a pandemic, you know, people are saying there's no pandemic, there's a pandemic. It's like, well, what definition are you even using? You know, you've got to lay out the terms of reference in order to understand what you're discussing and debating. It's important that we don't fall out with, our, with each other because of the details. We need to stay together on principle to stand for freedom, to stand for peace, to stand for health and vitality, to stand for prosperity. Because if we don't, then what we stand to lose is far greater. So 2024, I believe, is, a, is going to present challenges, but it's also going to present opportunities. We've got major elections in the United Kingdom and the United States. This represents a, a wonderful opportunity for, make a, for us to make our voices heard. So it's not time now to, to get your head down and stay silent. Now is the time to raise your voice. Now is the time to take action. And, uh, you know, I have a theory of change about how we can start to move things forward in, in 2024. And one is, uh, on one hand, it's the short-term things we can do to start to collaborate locally, nationally, internationally against some of these key issues that we've talked about. And there's also a longer term play about how we start to build free societies, a free culture, because people say that politics is downstream from culture. And what does that mean? Well, it means that our overall worldview, the overall values that we hold. Um, and it seems to me that we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a culture that values safety over freedom. It values centralization over localization. And I believe there's a whole emerging group of people that, that, that are saying no to that and choosing a different pathway. 
And the more of us that get engaged, the more of us that take action, the more of us who start to embody the values and principles of a free society, the more we'll start to create a ripple effect that will eventually become a wave. Now, we've got work to do. There's things that we can get do working on right away. We've certainly got to start working towards the issues that the WHO are putting forward of the pandemic treaty and the international health regulations. And I believe the starting point for that is to scrutinize and showcase the flawed methodologies of the world, the unscientific approach that the WHO took and the undemocratic uh, election of their leaders. You know, there's a lot of issues right at play there with corruption, you know, the financial manipulation, the conflicts of interest. Um, we've got to pay close attention to central bank digital currencies. We've got to look at the pay close attention to the kind of online safety bills of the world going through right now, suppressing freedom of speech. We've got to, We've got to hold big tech to account. It's not just government agencies going into big tech, big tech wield. You know, they are the economic and cultural elite right now. And as a result, they wield un, un, unprecedented power over society. So we've got to start to break that down, fragment it and start to look at new solutions. And some of those are going to take time. Some of those are really going to take time. But the good news is these things are happening. We're seeing the fragmentation of media now, the alternative media. Tucker Carlson's got his own show now. Lots of uh, icons from the mainstream media are now leaving the mainstream and starting their own thing. So there's lots of things to be hopeful for in 2024. I think it's a time to stay informed. Don't get bogged down into the detail, but stay in touch with what's going on. Get empowered, get engaged, and become active in fighting for your freedoms because this is a fight right now. We have to, we have to, this is, this is about preserving what we stand to lose as well as working towards something that we want to create for a brighter future. So there's going to be concrete actions that we can take in 2024, whether that's signing more petitions, contacting elected rep representation, even standing for government yourself in the local councils or the, or become an MP. I know many, many people who have been very active in the last few years, prominent people are now entering the political realm. People starting uh, new organizations, supporting new organizations, uh, engaging in open dialogue. And I believe this is the year really to, to, to rip open the world of censorship and start to break down those barriers. It's, you know, the keys to that starting to listen before we speak, you know, it's a case of how do we, how do, how do we engage people who have different points of view, you know, some people say all hope is lost. Well, I, I hold a greater hope for humanity uh, and, it, and it's up to us to role, role model the way forward. And that's certainly something we'll be looking to do here on the podcast going into 2024. Now, to close out on our own personal ambitions for, for 2024, since launching the Pandemic Podcast, we went on to launch the Elevate platform. I think we're a little too early in doing that. You know, our goal was to elevate humanity, to find a way that we can talk about natural health, find a ways we can find new pathways into the financial system different ways of altering education. And none of those things I don't think are, are, are more important than today. However, we want to be able to fly a flag that says we are here to stand for the freedom movement. We're here to stand for a free tomorrow. We're here to build free society. So we've got a very exciting new project that we've been working on round the clock over the last few weeks and months. We'll be launching it at the Greater Reset event in Mexico. I'll be speaking on the 20th, Saturday the 20th of January. Uh, I'll be launching it live on stage. We'll be telling you about a major project that's going to stand for our freedoms, help to defend our freedoms, but also start to build towards a free society. It's a global initiative working with people all around the world who have been active over the last few years. It's an incredibly exciting project that's going to take both a short and long term position on our freedoms and help to catalyze how we can start to move forward and really make a difference in 2024. So if that sounds like something you'd like to get involved with, then please head over to my personal website right now. Go to danestingregory.com 
forward slash pandemic. Join the pandemic podcast newsletter. That's where we're still uh, inviting you to join our uh, mailing list. And you'll be the first to hear about the steps that we're taking towards that new project. So please do uh, subscribe, hit the share button, and together we will continue to build a free and uh, prosperous world. Thanks very much for tuning in. My name is Dan Aston Gregory. Happy New Year to you. Let's make 2024 a year to remember.